Tune in for an exclusive and permanent deal just for you. Get ready to immerse yourself in nature with an ongoing offer of 20% off all Strawberry Cough feminized cannabis seeds, exclusively designed for our valued podcast listeners. When you head over to homegrowncannabisco.com and use code COUGH20 at checkout, that's C-O-U-G-H-2-0. It's time to embrace the power of nature and embark on a growing experience like no other. We're getting ready to present a new podcast. And it has a really amazing title. And that title has to do with ecologically sustainable cannabis cultivation. But there's a much better title than that was that was written by somebody other than I. And it is Sustainable Cannabis Growing Eco-Friendly Approaches for Greener Cultivation. Yeah, sustainable cannabis growing eco-friendly approaches for greener cannabis cultivation. Slipped in the word cannabis there. Okay, we got it. So, so as I roll up a little bit of my organic, Organics Alive, wonderful homegrown, we're going to have a discussion. And we're going to have a discussion about... Before I started, I just want to let everybody know that I'm not going to think of everything... And I'm sure there's people out there who can say, you didn't say that, and what about this? And, you know, you're not really doing it right. But what I want you to know is that if you're trying, if you're making an attempt to be ecologically sound, then you're doing a lot more than a lot of people. It's all about everybody finding a a program and a method that works for them and then trying to improve on it, right? It's not like I'm gonna just diatribe this perfect method and you just follow these steps and if you don't, then you're not ecologically sound. It's about making the effort, you know? And I might not necessarily get them all in in the perfect order either, you know? Um, This is all stream of consciousness, right? We're just hanging out together, smoking a bowl, discussing greener, eco-friendly ways to cultivate, you know? And we're specifically talking about home cultivation, right? You know, um, I don't have a facility. Do you have a facility? Well, I don't have a facility, so. So, I think the most important thing is, you know, there's, there's a lot of aspects to uh, sustainability and being eco-friendly, you know? And, you know, not expending a lot of extra money and time is also important too in in your project. So that's why things have to fit into the way things work for you. And for me, the most important thing is to grow organically because the finished product is is what's most important. And although, no, I'm not 100, 100% organic in everything that I buy and eat, but I try, right? You know, I have organic bananas and oranges and fruit and tomatoes and the dirty dozen. And, and you know, so try to grow organic cannabis. Um, your lungs will thank you in the long run, I promise. And um, whether you do that in soil or in rock wool or, um, or some other media, um, <clears throat> that's all possible now with uh, nutrients like Organics Alive. They're fully, uh, fully dissolvable, and um, you can emit them, and uh, 
send them through uh, nutrification systems and such. So, you know, uh, what I found out recently was that uh, Rockwool has uh, been maligned because large facilities are not allowed to throw it into their trash. But um, in actuality, it's, it's really a natural product, too. And um, it's just made from rock. And so feed, the feed that you use is what's going to go into your body, and that's what's most important. Um, next is probably the fact that I don't use HIDs anymore. You know, high-intensity high discharge lamps. And uh, that was a big change from a lamp that, uh, you know, makes mostly heat as opposed to light. And so try to get rid of those HIDs and go LED for sure. Um, my chosen brand is PhotoBio. I've tried a few others along the way, but I've settled back on PhotoBio. Uh, the reason is... Um, I like their adjustability. They run it as low as 10% um, in increments of one all the way up to 100. Um, I like the spread on them. They're nice and even and the spectrum, of course, and um, the, the reliability. They're just a, a, it's just a really good light and I like working under them and um, I flowered and uh, vegged under them. So LEDs is a good way to be ecologically sound. Um, you know... They don't make a lot of uh, noise either, do they, uh, LEDs? Right. Unlike uh, your fucking dog right now chewing that bone. Right. Is it really bad? It's not too bad. Well, yeah, I apologize. I got Ziggy over there chewing on a bone. I should call him up here. Hey, come up here. Okay, anyways. I took a picture of him for the... Uh, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Ziggy Molly over there. Yes, Ziggy Molly. And uh, so um, the other thing is uh, I don't have a lot of run. In fact, I have no runoff, you know. I use a no-salt fertilizer um, that doesn't need to be rinsed. And um, before that, I used Vega Matrix, which is also a low-salt fertilizer. So when you use organics, um, you don't need to rinse out salts. And um, so either way, um, facilitating a, a watering system where you don't waste a lot of water, make up a lot of extra water that you throw away. I don't throw anything away. When I have an extra gallon or two, it all goes out on the flowers outside, um, something like that. So, um, so that's a good way to conserve is water, you know. Um, and, you know, the next thing to me is, is your time is precious, you know, and space. So uh, learning good, uh, <laughs> he's over there having a good old time. Uh, learning how to use your time to uh, manipulate the plants so that they stay small and utilize all of your interior. There he is. There he is. Oh, thanks. Now it'll just be louder. Yeah. Oh, you're a good boy. Maybe he'll just rest. Um, yeah, so uh, LED lights, growing organic, um, not wasting a lot of water. You know, there's no big, big trick to this, right? Um, you know, I can't think of any, any real technology that you need to employ to, to, to make this so. Um, another thing that I do is uh, I grow indoors in a tent, you know, when I grow indoors, I try not to fight the seasons, so I don't flower during the heat of summer so that the tent 
HVAC is not fighting with the house HVAC. Um, so I flower twice a year when I'm going from um, uh, fall into winter, which is right about now. And actually, I'm going to flip any day now. Yes. And, uh, and so uh, I use the seasons as well to uh, keep my energy bill as low as possible um, so that the environment in the tent is not fighting the environment in the house. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm gonna take a nice little bong hit and um, who should we dedicate this bong hit to today? Huh. <laughs> what a dude. What a good dog. Okay, it's to Ziggy. Marley, Stardust, and Elvis Cushman. That's Ziggy Elvis Cushman. Oh, yeah, rock and roll. Oh. Of course, the iced coffee. <coughs> Yum. Um, okay, so I talked about uh, your media. We can talk about uh, re-amending your media after, after the fact. You know, I was actually just about to, uh, to talk about, you know, reusing media is a tricky one, you know. Um, everybody is conscious about um, uh, renewable resources and um, soil and sphagnum definitely is one. Uh, not one that I think is going to run out anytime soon, uh, but it is a renewable resource. You know, what people don't realize is that without um, the space or the time in between um, to make a big mess and spread it out, um, I'm not willing to make that effort. So I add it to my yard waste and it ends up in the dump and helps everything decompose the way it's supposed to. Um, nobody expects anybody to reuse rock wool. Uh, you know, that is quite um, compostable as well. Um, so the best thing you can do is maximize your time and your effort and the money that you spend so that you're not uh, spending extra money on electric bills, and, um, and nutrients, nutrients can be expensive as well. So uh, try to get a handle on your watering and, and know how big a batch is you're gonna wanna make up so that you don't waste water and nutrients. Money is, is a resource as good as any. Um, you know, so, so being um, conserve, conserve your own personal resources, being your time. And um, so filling out your garden, whether it be by tying down or super cropping, bending and breaking, and making sure that your canopy is full or using a scrog. I personally don't like to make my plants get tied into anything. I like to keep them as an autonomous being so that I can rotate them and move them around. So I'll use stakes and a kind of a TP technique. You know, you can put uh, three, three sticks like a tripod in your pot and bring them together at the top so that they 
they cross over like this and you can run strings runners to your branches and keep them all within a small space so that you can move them around and always uh, orient your garden to maximize the space you get all of that is to me is just as important as um, as uh, as anything because resources are vital and um, I don't like to waste my time in the garden I like it to be useful you know that's if you're like me and you're a home grower and you don't really have much of a footprint. You focus on the, the things close to you. You know, if you're an outdoor grower, you have a much larger footprint and some of those smaller things become even magnified, you know, not wasting water and recycling glass and plastic and things like that. Um, you know, and employing, you know, regenerative techniques like the Hugel Hill, which I've only read about, I'm not an expert on, you know, where they make a mound and they bury all kinds of uh, degraded, biodegradable things in there from uh, mushroom compost and rotten trees and dead fish and, um, you know, and everything can be regenerative. Um, there are people who uh, take their soil and store it in kiddie pools. So you have several cycles of soil. You give. I, I've always wanted to do that. I've just never had the time or space. Um, you know, you cover it up with uh, a tarp and uh, let the sun get to it for a little while and let it break down. And, you know, you're all good to go. You don't have to throw anything away. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's really important. Whatever is really important to you and as far as you can take it, then you can be as eco-sound as you can. Um, if you're a small person like me, then it's, it's really definitely about, you know, the smaller things. It's your time and your money and, um, you know, having time to spend with your family so you don't have to spend six hours a day in the garden. So, um, and that's why we go to questions because I like answering the viewers' questions. And, um, that's a good way to uh, narrow down specifics that you need to make it so that you don't have to spend extra time in your garden. Are you ready to take your cannabis cultivation game to the next level? Well, hold on to your buds because we have an amazing offer just for you. Are you familiar with Strawberry Cough? This legendary strain has delighted cannabis enthusiasts worldwide with its mouthwatering flavor and uplifting effects. Lineage? Sure, let's dive into it. Strawberry Cough is a delicious cross between strawberry fields and haze. Its distinct strawberry aroma and sweet taste make it a favorite among connoisseurs. Now, here's the exciting news. We're offering a fantastic deal on Strawberry Cough feminized cannabis seeds. You'll receive 20% off your purchase on any pack size of these seeds when you use code COUGH20. That's C-O-U-G-H-2-0. That's COUGH20 at homegrowncannabiscode.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to grow your own strawberry cough. Whether you're a seasoned cultivator or a newbie looking to explore the world of marijuana horticulture, these feminized seeds will set you on the path to aromatic success. Visit homegrowncannabiscode.com today and select from their wide range of premium cannabis seeds and maybe take advantage of 20% off your strawberry cough seeds when using code COUGH20. Happy growing, folks! Get ready to savor the tantalizing flavors and uplifting effects of Strawberry Cough, a strain that deserves a spot in every cannabis enthusiast's garden. Check out homegrowncannabiscode.com now and seize this offer before it's gone.
All right now, hey everybody. Um, these questions actually came in through our new landing page uh, on homegrowncannabiscode.com forward slash podcast. And uh, these questions, the first one is from Jane, a novice grower. Hi, Kyle Cushman. I recently started growing cannabis indoors and I'm struggling with maintaining the right humidity levels. What are some effective methods or devices I can use to control humidity in my grow room? Well, the first and obvious would be a good dehumidifier. Um, I bet you've thought of that one. Um, that will add a little bit more heat into the room um, if you don't vent it. Um, but a good appliance is always a good single good appliance is always a good way to go. Um, they are pretty expensive nowadays. A good dehumidifier costs thousands of dollars for any sizable grow room. Um, the other thing would be uh, to exhaust, you know, have a full pull, you know, negative pressure room and exhaust, have a really good exhaust system going. But that's going to limit your use of uh, CO2 augmentation. Um, you know, um, the other thing is, you know, no freestanding water. You don't want to have any rivers flowing, you know. So if you're doing some kind of uh, uh, ebb and flow technique and, you know, you've got any uh, freestanding water, if there's any way you can minimize uh, your waterings. Um, uh, your your humidity is always going to go up when you uh, water and you're kind of humidifying the whole room. You know, when you, when you throw 100 gallons of water in a room or... 10 gallons of water in a tent, your humidity goes up. Um, so uh, be wise about uh, runoff and things like that. And uh, be wary of, you know, dry back and make sure that you're not watering too often so you don't deal with that problem. And I hope that helps. We have a question from Mike, an experienced grower. Good for you, Mike. Hey, Kyle, I've been experimenting with different training techniques like topping and LST, low stress training. That would be the opposite of super cropping, bending and breaking. It would just be tying down um, without the super cropping. In your experience, which training method has consistently resulted in higher yields and healthier plants? Um, I gotta be honest, if you're a novice, the super cropping takes a little bit to get used to and you sometimes end up with a lot of wounded plants. And the best way is to weave in a trellis or uh, LST is probably the best way. Uh, combined with topping. Um, I like to top plants uh, once and early and then you get a lot of satellite branching that is pretty damn even with your, um, your apical, what's left of your, your top shoots after you, you uh, I don't know what it's called after you top, it's not apical anymore. Uh, so um, yeah, the best thing is to uh, be able to utilize all the shoots you grow. So it, whether that be by topping or training down the larger ones um, is the quickest way to get to flowering the plant with a suitable number of tops, right? You can always top and snip and top and wait for things to grow up or, um, but uh, I think, I think you're, you're, 
the, the, the way you, you, you phrased it, higher yields and healthier plants would be a combination of topping and LST. If you want to get into the super cropping and the breaking, that's going to help you. Um, but you're going to break a few plants, you're going to snap a few, and, uh, you know, it takes a while until you become an artiste with the Cushman chiropractic. I just did it on my plants. I'm going to take some pictures in a couple of days and post them on my Instagram for you all to see with help from my friend and cameraman over there. So we have another question from Emily, an organic enthusiast. Hello, Kyle. I'm passionate about organic gardening and want to grow cannabis using only natural methods. Can you recommend any specific organic soil mixes or amendments that you have proven successful work for you? Yeah, just look up uh, Subcool's organic soil mix. Uh, even Google Mike Cushman's organic soil amendment list and uh, mix up the old tried and true super soil, you know? And you can go halfway through with just water and then just amend with teas. Get yourself a nice uh, high nitrogen uh, um, guano for veg and get yourself a high phosphorus guano and make yourself some teas, you know, dunk, dunk, chunka, 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 chunka. You don't even have to aerate, you know. Um, uh, that would be, that's how I actually started off back in the day, like 30 plus years ago when there were no grow stores and there, there really was like only one or two couple of grow books and um, yeah, I just went and bought high nitrogen seabird guano and high phos bat guano. And, um, and then augmented with a little bit of seaweed for uh, potassium, high, high potash uh, seaweed. And that's really the simple way right off the bat. There's a lot of more things you can add to that. Um, green sand for micronutrients. And um, I used to collect my, my hardwood ash in the firewood wood place. And I would, uh, I would sprinkle some of that in the mix. And... Um, yeah, there's a whole list online of things that you can really do to just amend your soil so that you barely have to uh, uh, go out and buy any kind of bottled or boxed nutrient of any kind. Um, it's not really that hard. Uh, I'm having a Mitch McConnell moment. <laughs> um you know, sometimes I wonder why I don't go back to uh, just like the no-till and this, the, uh, the super soil. Um, I don't know. I feel, work, I, feel, I feel like if, if I feed properly and regularly, I really can come out with a higher yield than just, I agree. just putting enough in there to suffice and but it really is a good easy way to go so look up those soil mixes emily it's really not hard and it's really not expensive um you can buy all those meals at your local nursery if you're into all the meals from soybean to feather seed to cotton seed to um alfalfa kelp meal it's not that hard the mixes are all online i assure you next question from david a small scale grower Hi, Kyle. I have limited space and resources for my cannabis garden. What are some com compact and efficient grow setups or equipment you would suggest for maximizing yields 
in a small indoor space. Compact grow setups. I'm trying to think if there's anything like actually automated these days. There's probably some really good tech out there, you know. Um, uh, efficient wise is uh, hand watered. Um, I don't really want to. You know, there's. It depends on whether you want to go automation or whether you want to stick with hand watering, um, because there are really inexpensive online systems that you can buy that kind of snap together and plug and play. So if you don't mind spending money, I mean, you know, you can put together a pretty easy PVC system with parts that you buy at Home Depot. If you're pretty, you know, all you got to be good with is a, is a drill and, you know, screw on self, uh, they got a, a tap, self-tapping, you know, with the grommet on the inside, you know, like as if you were turning it into a cooler, you know, you can, you, you can source all that stuff yourself or you can go onto Instagram or onto uh, Google and uh, search for some systems that are plug and play hydroponic and to spend how much money you want to spend on that. Yeah, so it, it really depends if you want to automate it or do it yourself. Doing it yourself, you just learn how much water you got to put in there and don't overwater. And you can simply put drip trays underneath and don't leave freestanding water around. Um, Homegrown Cannabis Co. has a really good resource for Grow Your Own. There's a Grow Your Own blog. Um, go check out the Grow Your Own blog on homegrowncannabisco.com. And, um, yeah, so, you know, you gotta, it, it, you gotta get, uh, resourceful is what you're saying. You know, how do I get resourceful? You gotta find something that, that fits for you and, um, either buy a nice little system. They sell little four pot systems, you know, that have a little two gallon reservoir underneath and a pump and a drain and you can go all out and, uh, and have yourself a Bugatti. <laughs> and lastly, we have from Sarah, an outdoor grower in a hot climate. Hi, Kyle Cushman. I live in a... Re Why did I go southern there? Hi, Kyle Cushman. I live in a region... <laughs> I was going to say religion. <laughs> Hi, Kyle Cushman. I live in a region with scorching summers. Do you have any tips or recommendations for protecting outdoor cannabis plants from excessive heat and sun damage? Uh, shade cloth got to do it. You got to do it. Um, definitely got to not plant in black pots or black fabric or anything. Um, don't even plant in them and then cover up with white or like some aluminum foil or something because they're going to hold heat, you know, use a, a neutral color pot or white, uh, plastic. If you're using plastic, um, the other thing is plant in the ground, you know, dig holes and put those pots in the ground, not the black pots, the white pots. They'll stay much cooler in the ground than above the ground. Um, yeah, and um, water more frequently. Instead of fully saturating and then having to wait two or three days until you can water again, just try to get in the habit of watering 
you know, virtually every day when it's that hot. So that way the pot never has a chance to get up to 100 degrees, right? It's all about the root, the, 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 the upper part of the plant can handle 100 degrees as long as the roots are not 100 degrees, as long as they're still able to uh, uptake water. So uh, protect the root system is, the, is your best bet. And I want to thank everybody for uh, submitting your questions to our podcast and for tuning in. And I hope you see to see you for the next episode of Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman. And that, my friends, wraps up episode four of Grow Weed at Home with yours truly, Kyle Cushman. Today we dove into sustainable cannabis growing, eco-friendly approaches for greener cultivation. We talked about everything from the benefits of using organic soil, choosing the right LED lights, to understanding the importance of water conservation and recycling plant waste. Growing cannabis at home isn't just about controlling the product you consume, but it's also about being a responsible cultivator. It's about recognizing the impact of our choices on the environment and making a conscious effort to leave this planet better than we found it. I'm so glad you joined me today. It's always a pleasure to connect with other passionate cultivators out there. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just getting your green thumb, I feel blessed to be part of your cultivation journey. Remember, if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover, please don't hesitate to reach out. And also, don't forget to subscribe to Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman to stay updated on our latest episodes. So until next time, keep it green, keep it clean, and most importantly, keep it sustainable. I'm Kyle Cushman signing off. Peace and keep growing.